Zogt der Gemore. Here we go. Today's daf is daf Yurches. And we are up to the Mishnah. Four lines after it gets wide on the page. And we are continuing on in explaining the process of what the Kain Gadol went through during his seven days of separation. So we mentioned in the last Mishnah, as we started out, that uh, the Kain Gadol uh, separated himself for seven days. And, um, and uh, there... Where we discussed various processes that he went through. Now we're going to discuss, listen, we said that he needed to be there because of Tuma. Did he sit there and twiddle his thumbs? Did he twiddle his thumbs? We've learned that he's able to practice some things, whatever it was, right? But what, what exactly was the process? What always happened? So, Brazos Hashem, today we're going to go through this Mishra that's going to teach us how uh, begin to teach us how the seven days were structured. We're going to explain the Kain Gadol himself, and as well as we're going to get into some fascinating um, Agadita Gemaras as well. And finally, the, this daf ends off with a further Mishnah that continues to explain in detail the Kain Gadol's preparation for Yom Kippur, right? So there's going to be two Mishnayas on today's daf. Here we go. Says the mission Muslim There were set Zakanim. Now the word Zakin means Ze Shekana Chachma. The word Zakin people translate as elderly. It's an acronym for Ze Shekana Chachma. A person who's achieved and acquired wisdom. An elderly person is called a Zakin because they've achieved the wisdom of experience in life. Okay, so the word zakin really doesn't mean elderly. It means wise people. They set aside wise, knowledgeable people for the Kayin Gadol. The Kayin Lefana Beseder Hayyan. And they read Parshas Acharemos um, to him. That discusses Yom Kippur. Now, we know this week we're reading Parshas Emar. And it's going to be a good sign because we're going to touch on some interesting halachos uh, that come up in this week's Parsha. Here we go. It's always a good sign. So these wise people would read Parsha Zacharim in front of the Kayin. Gadol. They would say to him, Ishi Kayin Gadol, our beloved Kayin Gadol, our master, the Kayin Gadol, Ishi, is a real Ish, my noble Kayin Gadol. Kra'a Read with your mouth. Very important idea. If you want to know something and you want to remember something, don't just scan it with your eyes. They're telling the Kayin Gadol, Articulate it. Read it with your mouth. When we articulate something, it gives us a greater chance of remembering it. And that was the goal. Why were they reading Parsha Sacharim? Most of the Kohen Gadol would know how to do the Avodah of Yom Kippur. Why should you read Acharim? Because maybe if you learned Acharim, maybe you forgot some of it. You don't know the whole process. Or maybe you never learned it in the first place. And this the Gemara is going to ask, how is that possible? How are you going to have a Kayin Gadol? Listen, even us, we've never stepped foot in the Beis HaMikdash. We're not even, uh, besides for Simcha, the rest of us are not Kayhanim here. But we've been to Yom Kippur services. <laughs> we know that during Musaf they discuss uh, what the Kayin Gadol went through on Yom Kippur. And in addition to being at Yom Kippur services, we also go to Shul on Shabbos morning and we hear them reading Parsha Zacharemo. So it's not a foreign thing to us. The Gemara is going to be bothered 
why would they say to somebody who's been appointed a Kohen Gadol, maybe you never even saw this. It is. Fascinating thing. There's a chance that there's Kohen Gadol that never even looked at Parsha Zacharimus. Fascinating. The Gemara is going to have to explain how it's possible. Erev Yom Kippurim Shachris, on Erev Yom Kippur in the morning, Ma'amidin Oiseh B'Shara Mizrach, he stands at the eastern gate. Ma'avir in the front of Parameh L'Bukvasim, and they bring oxen, rams, and sheep in front of him. So that he should familiarize himself with what the animals looked like, what the avaida is. And while he's looking at the animals, Rashi explains the animals were really a hands-on reminder of what he's supposed to do. In other words, as the bulls, sheep, and rams were passing in front of him, he's going to be thinking to himself, oh, that's the ram that I'm doing this avaida with. That's the sheep I'm doing this. It was like a final cram right, cramming before the test, he's supposed to be able to look at these animals and make sure he knows what to do with each of them. Okay. Kol during the entire seven days, they let him eat and drink whatever he wanted. He could eat what he wanted. He wanted something? Open restaurant. The kitchen's open. You can have it. However, yet Friday afternoon, as Erev Yom Kippur afternoon, as it got dark, when everybody else is fressing away on their sudas mafsekas, trying to stuff their, you know, stuff it all in, they minimized it. You know why? Because eating too much makes you sleepy. One of the greatest shlufs of the year. And one of the, one of the things that a rabbi knows is going to happen is when he gets up after Kol Nidre, for his half-hour drusha that he has to fill until that's that uh, that he has to fill before tzei So there's no such thing as a ten-minute speech after kol nidre because you got to go all the way till mariv. So you're talking a half hour and you see all the bobbleheads, right? Everybody bobbling up and down. Why is everybody bobbling up and down? What are the grace of preparations for Yom Kippur? Everybody ate a lot, yeah. And when we eat a lot, we get drowsy, and therefore the kain gadol who had a long day ahead of him, they let him eat as much as he wanted up until late in the day on Erev Yom Kippur, and then not, because he had to be wide awake. He, you know, he, he wasn't able to be tired. Beautiful. Okay, that's the Mishnah, says the Gemara. And the Gemara is going to be bothered how you can have a Kohen Gadol who never saw Parsha Sacharema. Says the Gemara, one second. It makes sense that people forget. Okay, Lechaye, no, we all forget. Maybe the Kohen Gadol never learned that Parsha Sacharema. Is it possible? What time I learned in the Raisa? The Kayan Gadol, who's raised above his brothers. This actually is, comes up in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Amar. It teaches us that the Kayan Gadol, one of the unique traits that was obligated for him, he had to be tall, he had to be strong, he had to be handsome, he had to be wise, and he had to be wealthy. He's a very interesting Zach, which is, Acherim says a very interesting thing. And that is, if you have a Kayan Gadol, you can't make somebody taller. You can't make somebody uh, more handsome. And you can't really make somebody smarter too fast. But what you can do is make somebody wealthier on the spot. And if you had a Kayin Gadol that fit all the criteria, except he had no money, you know what they would do? They would look at each Kayin, and they would say, uh, every Kayin, give us, give us $1,000. Yeah, 
All right, every country give us a thousand dollars. They got ten thousand kaihanim. Boom, they had a million dollars. Now they gave it to the kain gadol. Now he was wealthy and he and he stepped up. So it doesn't only so which means kain gadol meyachov says achirim. It seems to be mashma seems to imply not only that um, he has all these things, but that his brothers he became great meyachov from things that his brothers had. Very interesting deal. Beautiful deal. Okay, but why are we mentioning this brisa? Not for that halacha. We're mentioning this brisa because you see from there, in order to be a kain gadol, you needed to be handsome, tall, wise, wealthy. How can you have a wise kain gadol who never saw Parsha Zacharimus? How'd he become a kain gadol if he's not wise? That's the Gemara's kasha. And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers. Amar Beisur says like kasha. There's no question. As we are well aware, during the first Beis HaMikdash, they talk about Choshua, Kain and Gedal. During the Mikdashini, uh-uh. You could talk about a Kain Gadol who wasn't a, uh, who wasn't a Chacham. How do you know that? The Yomar of Asi, Yeravasi says, Tarkava the Dinari, Ayla le Marta bas Baisos lianai Malka. Very interesting. Um, the, uh, Daughter of Bysus, whose name was Marta, she brought a a um, tarkav, which is a measure full of flour, a very large amount of flour. I'm sorry, a very large amount of gold. It's usually measured in flour over here. She brought like very large buckets full of gold, and she gave it to Yanai. Uh, until they appointed Yehoshua ben Gamla. To be the Kayen Godel. This is a very, very interesting story that Rashi quotes. The story is brought down in Yavamas. Now, let's just focus on what the Gemara wanted to do, and then we're going to explain outside what we just read. What the Gemara just uh, asked is that how can you have a, a Kayen Godel who's not a Chacham? Answers the Gemara because you can have one during the Mikdashani. During the second base on Mikdash, when the Kahuna Gedela, as we learned, was purchased. And the whole thing was a scam. Okay? You can have a Kayin Godol who wasn't a Chacham. That's the answer. But built into that answer, the Gemara is hinting to a fascinating story brought down in Yuvamas, which Rashi quotes, which Rashi tells us we should look at on the side. And here's the story. Marta Bas Baisus was uh, a very wealthy woman who became a widow. She married the great Tzaddik he was a legitimate tzad. He was a good man. Rabbi Yeshua ben Gamla. Okay? Now, he was a kain, And she was very wealthy. And she wanted to give him a chasen present. So nowadays, people are extravagant. They give gold watches to remind the chasen to be careful with his time. Sometimes they'll buy a big silver menorah. Yeah, and everybody's exchanging gifts. This widow wanted to do something that was a gift that nobody else ever could pull off. And she gave her husband the kahuna gedayla. She took her money and she went to Yanai HaMelech, went to King Yanai, and she said, my chosin is a kayin. I want to buy him for his chosin gift. Yeah, I'm going to buy him the kahuna gedayla. See, even though Rabbi Shulman himself was, uh, was a 
Chashvagai, but you see from this story that during the second Beis HaMikdash, the whole thing was just purchased. This, was a, this wasn't something that you necessarily needed to... He was a Chacham, he didn't need to be a Chacham to attain this. Period. End of that piece of... That, that part of the Mishnah. Okay, very good. Next part of the Mishnah, we said... Or Ervim Kippur in the morning, etc. Says the Gemara Tana, we learned in Ebrisa. Av Hasirim. The Kaingalo didn't only see the bulls, the, the sheep, the rams, also the goats of Yom Kippur. Vitani Didan, my time of the Tana Sirim. Why talk in our Mishnah? Did we mention oxen? Uh, did we mention bulls, uh, sheep, and um, rams? Why didn't we mention the goats of Yom Kippur? The famous goats, right? What are the famous goats? There's three goats. One's a regular chatas, and one was the sar Lashem and the sar Lazozel, right? One went the, the two lottery goats. Why, why, why didn't we mention that? Says the Gemara, Kivan since those goats are here to atone for Averis, we didn't want to bring it to him until Yom Kippur itself. We don't want to walk in front of him, oh, that's my Averis, those are going to be the Averis carbon. Yeah, you know, when, when we're reminding somebody that they need a kapara, wait till the last minute. You don't need to, you don't need to put it in their faces. Says the Gemara Yachi Parnami Al Chait Hudasi. The bull also is for a is is a is a, for averus. Says the Gemara Par by the bull Kivan the Olav Alachav Akahanam Hudasi. Since it's not a personal avera, it was for all of Sheva Kahuna. Vechav Akahanam Ika Inish the Isbe Milsa. Yeah, it was just you know let's say one of the Kahanam didn't avera. Yeah, okay. If they did, so not you know because of that we're bringing a par. May the Yadale and Mahadale Bichuva. But the Kuli Yisrael loy yada, yeah. So when it becomes to the Kahanim, um, so the Kohen Gadol knew he could hear about it. You know, he could he he could maybe even know about it, and he can therefore go ahead and fix things up. Not only with the animal, but he can get the other Kohen. He can walk over to him and say, "Listen, Tzadikal, you know, there's an Avera done, and we could fix this up." But for all of Klal Yisrael, there's no way to know. Says the Gemara, very mamish. Something that I feel we should contemplate after we close the Gemara tonight, besides for all the halachas that we're learning. This needs a lot of thought of whether we have this or whether we can make it happen if we don't. Amar Ravina, Ravina says, Hainu people say, Ibar if your nephew is a cop, Make sure you don't see him in the street. Okay? Now, what does this mean? So Rashi explains it has to do with taxes and the Gansazach. Here's the message. This Gemara speaks to the value of being amongst a good Eilam. Being in a good Chabura. A good Chavra. A good group of people. Where I have a small group of Two people, three people, six people, seven. A small chavra of people that if one of, one of us see the other person slipping, we're, comfortab- we're, we're comfortable enough to make ourselves vulnerable to reach out for help and to give help. And to give help. That I, I have a friend who's comfortable enough to walk over to me and say, on Shuldix, we're missing you in Shir. I see what's going on. You know, I, I don't see you enough uh, learning enough Torah. I, you know, I, th- I feel you could be giving more tzedakah. Do we have people in our lives who we could call like a chabura? People who are aware of what's going on and, and can help us improve. It's a very chash of a thing. The Gemara is saying, 
that when the Kohen Gadol would see an animal that has to do with Averis of other Kohanim, he wouldn't despair because he knows that the Kohanim are people who have a growth mindset and they'll always walk over to each other to grow. But for all of Klal Yisrael, that he could already have Chalisha Sadas. Oh, big, uh, that, that I don't know what's going on. I'm ready, ready to give up. Very important, very important to make sure that we always have people who can keep us honest. Okay. Next part of the Mishnah. During the week prior to Yom Kippur, they did not withhold any food. Okay? He could eat whatever he wanted. Says the Gemara. Tani, we learned to the Bryce. Rabbi Yehuda ben Nekusa Aymer. Rabbi Yehuda ben Nekusa says, We're now going to get into a, a sugya that has to do with Tuma, impurity, and uh, emissions, carry emissions, zav emissions. Rabbi Yudah ben Akusa says, They would give him fine flour and eggs. This was like a staple meal during the seven days. Why? In order to, uh, I'll call this, uh, nowadays it's a big word, it's... Um, not oxidize, um, like to get rid of toxins from the body. Okay, this 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 cleaned out his system. Yeah, I forget I forget the word they use. I forget the words they use. You know, they they get rid of they, they get rid of the toxins from the body. Apparently, flour, huh? Somebody. Cleanse, I guess. Yeah, to cleanse out right. Yeah, to cleanse out the body. Okay, Amru life. They said to review Nakusa, Koshkin shot the maybe like Yet the problem is that part of uh, this fine flour and eggs uh, emptying out the body, it's part of it has to do with that it warms up the innards when certain foods are combined. That's the way Rashi explains it. And when it warms up the innards, it kind of loosens up the bowels. So it allows the body to let out, but at the same time, it, at the same time, it can cause arousal inside of the body, and once there's arousal, now he can have a seminal emission, he can become a balkari, and therefore it's yotza schara bevseda, as they say. The loss and the gain of having it, you know, cleanse his body, uh, balance out. Because you're trying to cleanse his body, at the same time you can make him tummy. And therefore the Chachamim didn't agree with uh, Rabbi Yehuda ben Nakusa that we should feed him these foods in particular. Okay, now we're now going to get into a food sugya and what foods could do to the body. So here we go. Tani will enter the price. Sumcha Samar Misham Rameir. Sumcha says, Name Rameir. Ema Chidon Esai. Loi Aleph Beis Yud. We don't feed him Avi. Okay? Va'amri la Loi Avavi. Some people say we don't give him Avavi. Aleph Beis Beis Yud. Okay? And if you don't know what that is, we're about to explain. The Yesh Ibrahim Afla Yayin Love. We also don't give white wine. Rashi explains white wine is not aged like red wine. Okay, it's newer wine. Now, Lai Avi, we don't give him Aleph Beis Yod foods. What does that mean? Lo Esrog. Aleph is an Esrog. He doesn't eat Esrog. Beis is Beitzim. We don't give him eggs. Now, what did Rabbi Yehuda ben Nikosa says? We purposely give him eggs, right? We give him eggs and five flour. From this price, you see, we don't give eggs. The Lai. Yud is Yayin Yashon. Also, don't give old wine. Some people add in, they say, 
You also don't give him fatty meats during that week. Some say you don't even give, not only do you not give old wine, you also don't give new wine. Because white wine, maybe it's only day tumma, can bring a person to have a seminal emission. Okay? So this Brysa says, gives a list of other foods that they would refrain from offering the Kayangodol. They would take these foods out of the kitchen. Kayangodol will wake up, excuse me, I'm in the mood for scrambled eggs and cheese. I need an omelet. And they say to him, Nisht, no, nothing doing. We don't give out Beitzim. Okay. We don't give out old wine. We don't give out Esrug. All right. Tan Rabban. Rabbis learn so should we. Zav Tan Levin Michael. Azav, we can be caused. Azav can be caused. You can have these emissions due to specific foods that somebody eats. Michael, And um, really, uh, there's different types of foods that could bring somebody to become Azav. Okay, which again, we're going to explain what these things are, but what are we trying to do? We're trying to say that we want to make sure the Kayangodol doesn't become a Zav. So if there are specific foods that are going to make him tummy during these seven days, we've got to make sure he doesn't come near them. Right? He's like allergic during these seven days. So says the Gemara, We don't give him Chagvi. What does that mean? We don't give him milk. Milk can lead to uh, an emission. But like Vina, cheese, like Beitza, nor eggs, like or wine. But like Govim. We also don't give him Govim. What's that? Megreesin. Um, that is... Uh, Water that beans are soaked in, may greasen shall pull right. Ubasar shamein, fatty meats u morias, and the uh, the juice that oozes out of fish. But like called devarim havivinle de toma, nor anything that that could cause toma. So interestingly, we have a brisa first that gives a list, and then it says and nothing else that brings the toma. Why don't you just say, don't give him anything that brings to Tuma? Why do you give a list and then say other things? If there's other things, either give a list and add them to the list, or don't make a list at all. Right? What do you mean, and other things? So it says, What is that coming to include? To include the following brysa. Yeah, what does the brysa say? It says the There's five things... Um, that bring a person to Tuma, that bring a person to have an emission and become Tomei, and these are they, Hashom, garlic, we now turn to the top of Yudches, Amad Beis, the Hashachalayim, and Shachalayim, Rasha Shachalayim, or top Rashi, Crescent, Crescent, so it's, apparently that's Cress, and also Chalaglugais, Rashi says it's Pulfer, not sure what that is. Before I was preparing, I opened, I cracked open the article to see what it means, and they he says it's purslane, and that didn't help me because I don't know what that is either. So uh, to to uh, to be called pulfer to me is the same thing. I have to look up exactly what that is. I didn't have a chance to look it up. Sorry, the habetzim gagir and beitzim and gargir. Okay, gargir is a type of plant that we. Uh, we came across earlier in in uh, the Mesechtas as well. We came across this in Shabbos, I believe. And it was uh, some sort of plant. Okay. 
So Mamela, you stay away from this plant. And interestingly, we're going to focus on this last plant that we're supposed to stay from, uh, that we're supposed to abstain from, which is Chargir. Says the uh, Gargir. Says the Gemara. It says somebody went out to the field to collect iris. Tanamish made the We learned in the Brisa in the name of Rav Meir Zeg Gargir. That iris is gargir. Why is the gargir plant called iris? Because it helps with your eyesight. Okay? So that's why that's the word iris. It gives light. Ravuna says, A person who finds this gargir plant, which helps with eyesight, or otherwise called oros, if you're able to eat it, eat it. If you can't eat it, whatever, you're stuffed. You can't, you know, uh, you don't like what it tastes like. So at least you should put it over your eyes. Amar of Papa, Begargira Matsra Na'a. This is a specific type of gargir plant which has to grow on the Meitzar. It has to grow near the boundaries, near the edges of a field. Because if it was gargar, Rashi explains that if it's a gargar plant that goes in the middle of a field, these nutrients that help with eyesight are going to be pulled away by other plants. Okay, so the only time this gargar plant is helpful for eyesight and to the eyes, either by eating it or by or by uh, moving it over the eyes, is when it's near the edge of the field when there's no other plants near it to take away this. Uh, a beautiful um, medication that Akadish Baruch Hu put into this plant. Okay. Amr Gid Amr Rab Gidul says the name of Rab Achsenay Leyechal Beitzim Vayishem Etlizer Shabala Bayis. Very interesting advice from the Brisa, and that is remember we said there's certain foods that cause a person to have an emission. Therefore, says Rab Gidul, quoting Rab. If you're a guest in somebody's house, stay away from eggs. Because you're going to be sleeping on their sheets that night. And what if the eggs lead to an emission? That's a lack of tznias. It's a lack of tznias. And also, you shouldn't borrow the balabayas' pajamas either. You got to be careful. The Gemara is teaching us there's an element of privacy. There's an element certain things when you're in somebody else's Nobody else's business over here. And you got to be careful. Got to be careful. Listen to this. Says the Gemara, you know how careful a person should be to try to stay away from having an emission or even, this is separate now, this is like an addition. Once we're mentioning, we're now going to segue into somebody possibly having improper thoughts. Says the Gemara, a few fascinating stories. Rav ki mikla le Darshish machriz. When Rav would come to the city of Darshish, he would machriz announce. Now, the wait. Hold off on questions. There's going to be a ton of questions. All right, hold off till everything's explained because the Gemara is going to ask most of our questions. Here we go. When Rav would come to the city of Darshish, he would make an announcement. Who wants to marry me? Who wants to be my wife for Wednesday? Who wants to be my Wednesday wife? 
Because Rav would travel alone, and wherever he went, he wanted to have a wife. Rav Nachman, Kad Mikla, Rav Nachman, when he would go up, Le-she-chantiv, to the city of Shechantziv, Machriz, he would also announce, Man which woman is willing to marry me for Wednesday? Who's going to be my wife for the day? Says the Gemara, one second. But we have a brisa that says Rabbi Lozman Yaakov Oimer, Leisa Adam Isha Bedina Zuv Yedich Isha Visa Isha Bedina Acher. Now many of us could be thinking of many issues that could come out of a, a, a big sage walking into town and being like, "Hey, who's going to be my wife for today? You know, who who wants this chos? We could think of a lot of issues." Says the Gemara. You know, you know what the Gemara's problem is? Listen to this. It seems that Rav and Nachman were traveling to different countries, right? They'd go there to teach Tyra, whatever it was. Says Gemara, how could they go marry a woman for the day? The, the, uh, we learned from Rav Lozhe ben Yaakov, a person should not go from, from uh, city to city, country to country, and marry women and have children because Shema Yizdav Guzeh Eitzalzeh. You know, there was no Facebook back then. There was no Twitter. And there were no pictures. So what happens if you marry a woman for a day and then you have a kid? And that kid's born in... Kalamazoo, Michigan. And then you go and you travel to the Ukraine. And you have a wife for the day. And you have a daughter with that wife. And one day, the, a, a very nice young lady from the Ukraine ends up meeting uh, a nice young man from Kalamazoo. And they don't know that they're really brother and sister. That's the problem. You hear this? Yeah, from all the problems you could think of, of, a, of somebody walking into town and saying, hey, you want to be my wife for the day? This is the problem, yeah? Because <laughs> what's going to happen? And you got a bunch of Mamzerim running around. We don't want Mamzerim running around the world. That's why it's not a good idea. Gavaldik. <laughs> all right. Ask to go on another, Shaila. And I'm telling you, hold your horses, all right? Don't jump too fast. Don't jump too fast. At the end, we'll, we'll have a Gishmaka discussion. Says the Amri, they said, Rabban and Kola Islu. You know why Rav and Rav Nachman were able to? Because if a woman in the Ukraine has a daughter and Rav had another wife in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and he had a son from her, and they end up meeting, trust me, says the Gemara, trust me, the son's going to know he's Rav's son and the daughter's going to know she's Rav's daughter. All right? Because Rav's a famous dude. Not a dude. Rav's a famous tzaddik. Okay? And when somebody's got a big name out there, when you got a chosh of a last name, your name's Feinstein, your name is uh, Kanievsky, all right, no, what's the first question? You're related to Ramesha? You're related to Rebchaim? All right, no. So good. So, so, so answers the Gemara, that's why Rav and Rav Nachman were allowed. Because they were famous names, so there's no, we're not nervous that maybe there's going to be Mamzir. Says the Gemara... But Marava, Marava has another shayla. He says, no, I have a different problem with Rav and Rav Nachman doing this. You ready? He says, the problem is, when a man proposes to a woman, he says, will you marry me? And she says, I do. You always need to wait a week after a woman accepts a proposal. Because there's something called dam... Um, Chomud, okay, which is blood that could come about through, like the excitement 
of agreeing to be married. And you have to assume that perhaps her uterus opened and like a drop of, of a dam dripped out. And you always need to wait one week. So how can Rav and Rachman come to town, marry a woman for a day and hit the road? They always need to wait a week. Katakasha. Says the Gemara. Um, one answer. Rabbanan, I do have a delay. Maybe Rav and Nachman sent messengers ahead of time to, let, to, to find out who it is. And the woman's going to be like, wow, I'm going to marry Rav in a week. Then she has her dam, right? And now he can marry her. Boom. Yes, they sent messengers ahead of time, and that's how they did. That's one option. Or here's another way that they were able to pull this off. And this is going to get into something also so beautiful. The Rabbanon didn't marry these women for the day to have intercourse to have relations with them. They actually never even lived and had intercourse with these women. Rather, they had yichud with these women. And therefore, yichud, you're allowed to have even with a wife who's a nida. Okay? Period. Very interesting halacha. Listen to this. Usually, yichud, a man and woman alone in a room, is forbidden with anyone who you're in a forbidden relationship with. Interestingly, a husband with a wife who's Anida is permitted. Why? They're not allowed to have relations together. The answer is called paspasale. There's bread in the basket. When you know something would be allowed, it makes it a lot, or will be allowed down the road, if we so choose, it weakens the Yetzir Hara right now. And therefore, Rav and Rav Nachman, when they came to town... Very important. They knew the struggle of traveling alone on the road, being away from one's wife, the things the Yitzhahara can throw at a person, and the, the possible uh, uh, improper thoughts. They knew all these things. These are the greatest sages. And they were trying to protect themselves. So what they do to protect themselves? They set up wives. They didn't have relations with these wives, but th- what, by setting up these wives... And being really married to them, which would allow them to have relations, was enough to get them to get rid of their Yetzirah. And this is what would save them. I'm not saying we should do this, but there's a very important lesson in being self-aware of the struggles that come up when we're out at business, when we're out on the road, when we're away from our families, the different desires and the things that the Sahara can throw our way that we otherwise on our own never would have fathomed. But the Sahara is older than us, smarter than us. He can outwit us. He has ways to, to, to make somebody who never would have thought of doing such a thing do it. And these Rabbana knew it. And therefore, they set out to beat the Sahara at his game and uh, ensure that, uh, that they wouldn't stumble into any sort of forbidden emission. Period. End of that Gemara. All right, here we go. Next Mishnah. We're going to wrap up today's daf with the Mishnah and Bezim tomorrow. We will, uh, tomorrow, we will start the Gemara. Tomorrow we get into some beautiful Agatha Gemaras. Here we go. Says the Mishnah. Masru Zikni, Bezim, Zikni, Kahuna. The elders of the Bezdin then passed them over to the Zikni, Kahuna, the wise and elderly people of the Kahana, Velu, Bez, Avtinas. They brought them up to the, to the room of the Avtinas. Okay. 
they made the Ketiris. And they made him swear. And they and uh, they, and they left. Okay, they made him swear, and they left. Now, um, it's uh, notice it's a little bit double. These words mean v'niftru. They left, beholchu lahem, and they went from him. Okay, v'amrulay. And what sort of swearing did he make? They said to him, We are the messengers of bezim. You are our Shliach Tzibur, you know, you're a messenger. Shliach Bezim, you represent us. And Bezim, Mashpiyananu Alecha, B'mi Shashichin Shmoi B'bayizah. We swear in the name of Hashem, the one who dwells in this house. Shalai Tashana Dov Mechol Ma'ashem Arnalech. You swear to us, you will not change one iota from anything we tell you must be done. Hupayra Shubaycha, he would turn to the side and cry. Behim Par Shubaychim, and they would turn to the side and cry. The Gemara is going to explain because they, that, the fact that they even needed to have this conversation, Okay. If the kind God knew how to make give a drasha, he knew how to speak words of Torah. So he would give a he would give a drasha. Why would he give a drasha to keep himself awake so he wouldn't fall asleep? If he knew how to read chumash, he'd read chumash. If he didn't know how to read, they would read to him. Then what would they read in front of him? They would read from Eiv Ezra and Divrei Ha Yomim. Okay, Rashi explains these particular uh, books of Navi. Um, are fascinating books that anybody would remain awake from reading. Zechariah ben Kvotel, and Zechariah ben Kvotel says, I was one of the people who read in front of the Kain Gadol. There's many times that I read in front of the Kain Gadol, Sefer Daniel as well. And we will hold it here for today. And Bez Hashem, pick up from the top of Daf Yud Tesh Aleph tomorrow.